Hey everyone, this is Gabby and Karim, and you're listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med school. From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and and get get ready ready to get get med ready. Hi guys, welcome back to the MMI mini-series episode where we'll be running through mock stations. Before we get started, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which I am recording today. For me personally, that is the Yora Yora people, and I'd like to pay my respects to the to their elders past, present and emerging, as well as any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander listeners who might be listening to this episode. Getting into it, the uh, type of station that we're doing today uh, will be station number three. It's an ethics station. Um, It's quite a challenging ethics station. In terms of the timing, there'll be five questions in five minutes, which is rather challenging to get through. You'll see the student doesn't actually get through all five. Uh, The student today is Mark and the examiner is Karim. The station itself is as follows. In some countries, opt-out organ donation schemes are implemented, which means that all individuals are registered as organ donors and must opt out or leave the scheme if they do not wish to donate their organs. The first question is, what are some of the ethical issues with this scheme? Okay, so I think... I think, okay, if we consider first the individual, um, I mean, very cold hearted to say, well, yeah, they're dead. But I think when you consider, especially um, for family reasons, for religious reasons, for a lot of the reasons like that, obviously that's something that may be contrary to, you know, their desires and their family's desires. Obviously, some religions believe in afterlife and things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, whole cannibals of that. Um, but then I guess from a utilitarian perspective or, you know, for the betterment of the most amount of people, if you think about it in that, in perhaps a more cold way or just a simple you know, economics or numbers way, I think then it absolutely has its benefits. So I think it's kind of a, um, I think if you think about it as more of like a, perhaps for the good of the betterment of the more amount of people versus perhaps the individual's wishes or their families and sort of, and religion, I guess, are probably the major components of play here. Yeah, okay, thank you for that. Um, what are some of the reasons that people might wish to opt out or not be a part of this scheme? Yeah, so I've kind of mentioned that already. Um, I mean, same reason I think that a lot of people have different um, sort of desires. So my mum's a solicitor and I get to witness a lot of will signings and a lot of people have very vastly different reasons. A lot of people, they roll their eyes when asked what they want to do with their body and all this and they don't really care about it whereas some are really concerned about that for religious reasons in the afterlife their family's desires i mean uh, my grandfather's passing was just recently we went to the mausoleum and saw his body so depending on sort of your upbringing and your background there may be vastly different reasons for your sort of um what you desire to do with your body afterwards at the same time maybe if you're the benefactor of an organ donation in your life you may have a vastly strong you know a real pull towards that so i guess Yeah, you kind of ask what more so, why would you not? But I think those would be some of the bigger reasons. Um, So, you you know, an individual desire, a family desire, and perhaps a religious or an upbringing background. Yeah, okay. 
Do you think people who opt out of this of this scheme will be ostracized? Uh, well, I think, I mean, it would depend on whether, you know, how anonymous that decision is, what, um, how much that is broadcast, and also the people around them. I think um, in an ideal world, that would be an anonymous decision. Um, and I think if people thought of, in an ideal world, if people thought about it for a minute, they, like I've just been put on the spot here to do, I'd like to think that people would understand that everyone has different upbringings and backgrounds and things like that. The reality is, you know, in the same way as um, maybe it's a bit of an apple to orange comparison, people may judge other people for what political background they have and what they vote in an election or something like that, where you'd like to think that people would understand, okay, you're voting this for this reason or something. That's probably not the reality where, you know, people may judge you for thinking one way or another. So I'd like to say in an ideal world, yes. Um, I've someone depending on how they view it. Um, the reality is there may be, depending on how anonymous this is, who the people around you are, who's asking, there absolutely may be some risk of that. And I think it'd be important in implementing a system like this or when designing it, that you would have that anonymity so that people can make it based on their own judgment. Because I think the goodwill of a thing like this, which is designed to help other people, goes out the window if people are doing it for the wrong reasons. If people feel like they're doing it because they don't want to get shamed at the supermarket by their friends, I don't know how great a, a public health system this is. Okay. Um, do people who opt out of the scheme deserve to receive organs if one day they need them? That's a tricky one. I think it would depend. Hmm. I think it would depend on. I, I think that they would have to be aware of this when they opted out. I think it should be based on goodwill and not. It's not really a hey, you're doing like this is your decision. If there's a huge punishment for not doing that, so I think. When I, I think that if you were to implement a system like that, I think it would have to be abundantly clear in the process of when you were making that decision. Um, my gut reaction to that is that's a uh, yeah, it's, it, it would be very unfair if people knew that if, if they didn't know that ahead of time. Um, however, I could see that also being a you know, perhaps a bit cold hearted, I could see that being an effective system if you ultimately are trying to get more organs. I could very much see that as being an effective system which may push some people that are perhaps on the fence um, because, you know, for a serious thing like this for saving lives, maybe if feelings are a little bit hurt or maybe if there are some negative repercussions, maybe that's a justifiable thing in some, you know, maybe that could be easily justified if it is saving lives. So I think not the worst thing in the world, but it would have to be abundantly clear at the time. Uh, unfortunately, it's time. Um, so we'll leave it there. But I really do any questions I didn't get to. So there was one more question. Um, maybe for the okay. benefit of our listeners, we can just go through it at a more casual pace yeah. and have a think about yep. it. Um, so the last question was, is there any situation in which the rights of an individual should be sacrificed for the greater good? Ooh, geez, that's a... I mean, okay, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is vaccination. Um, and I'm sure you're probably alluding to that. And that's a, that's a real can of worms to open in one minute. Uh, it's kind of a conversation I've been having with friends and it's like, I'm not going to, so most of my friends don't come from biomed or medical background. I, tr and I was listening to a podcast about this recently, how to communicate with people from a non-science or non-medical background about it. The best thing to do is not to sit down and explain to them, you know, live attenuated vaccinations or MRNAs and stuff like that. But I think it is important to convey the message that if you are making this decision, you are affecting other people. So I think as long as it is 
aware, as long as they're aware, as long as people have been in, presented with the facts, I absolutely think so. So, for example, in the case of vaccinations, I do think that there should be some way. We, we've seen what what the plateauing is at people's goodwill. I think there has to be some form of pushover. You know, understand that. Okay, when you make a decision that it affects other people. That is not just something that's your choice. It affects the betterment of everyone. We're going into another lockdown. So I do think that, yes, once you make a decision that centers you but affects other people, there should be an effect on it. So I can ask you a quick answer because it's only one minute. Yeah. No, no, that was great. Um, so well done. Really- that was it, really. So <laughs> for the sake of our listeners, um, but also for yourself, like how, how did that feel in terms of time, pressure? Um, the overall station, the difficulty, how would you describe it? It was cool. It was, um, it's interesting. So I've been listening to quite a lot of these. I'm doing my PhD at the moment and I'm listening to a lot of them in the lab just because kind of have it on the background. And what I try and do is pause, answer the question myself. And one thing I do have trouble with is when you don't know how many questions they're going to ask, it's very, you know, how long is a piece of strength? How long do you answer for with trying to hit the key points but also not knowing how many questions they're asked. Like say you'd answer, say, you know, you said three to five questions. If you stopped at three questions, then I'm sitting there and asking you about the weather for two minutes. So <laughs> I think it's a hard thing, you know, and obviously I'm pretty early in my practice. Into this. It is hard to go, you know, know how much to answer. At this, you know, if you should change your answers, you can come across of not presenting one perspective. So I enjoyed it, but I'd like more time practicing. I hope over the next month or two, I can get better at that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a really reasonable answer to that. And um, definitely, like with these stations, you just don't know how many questions you're going to get. But I think the promising thing is that markers don't care about how many questions you get to. It's more about the quality of your response to overall questions. Oh, Um, so like, I mean, without knowing their marking sheet, they don't go question 1A, 4 out of 5. Yeah, Like you're you're not getting penalised for not hitting that entire thing, are you? Or... From my understanding, I don't think so. Obviously, no one really knows um, because yeah. they don't typically release this information. But I, I really don't believe so. I think what the examiners are looking for is overall just how you respond to these questions. Um, yeah. Obviously, you don't want to just stay on the first question for the entire five minutes. You do want to get to like at least question three or four. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure you sort of felt that like five minutes goes by really quick in these stations. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, certain universities definitely have very short uh, uh, station times in general. But I thought your overall performance was really great. You came up with very similar points to what I did when I went through some of these questions beforehand. Um, So going back to question one, uh, what are the ethical issues? This is a very common question to start off a station. They want to see how you structure your response. They want to see that you can get to like lots of different ideas that they're going to unpack in further questions, essentially. So you mostly talked about autonomy um, and then differences in beliefs in society and in culture, which are really the key points of the station. Um, obviously, you can- oh, sorry, can I, can I just say one thing on that? So like having listened to quite a lot of ethics stuff um, and I was listening to, I can't, I can't remember exactly what, but I remember listening to one of the podcasts of you guys and like the dude was like really knew his stuff, but at the same time, he sounded like a textbook. And so like, for example, like I tried actively not to use the word autonomy where do you stand on that? I mean, just on my gut feeling, I would prefer to be conversational and talk to them like just on my how I'd feel probably more comfortable. How do you feel about that? Because I feel like if they're nine hours into the day, they really don't want someone spouting off the four pillars of medicine. To, mm. you know? So where do you go from on that? Um, but I will say that sometimes using those words does sort of just highlight 
specific things for them and then you can sort of go okay. that term a little bit further um I, I honestly don't think they mind to be honest uh mm. i think that they just are looking to tick off certain criteria you know when you bring up autonomy they're like okay great this student sort of understands autonomy but you can also talk about it in terms of free will you know okay they're going to understand exactly what you mean so you don't have to be a textbook you don't have to just say the exact words they're looking for um, yeah because you can you like you can tell when someone knows their stuff but it's a bit of a double-edged sword in which you know they're not like there's a reason people don't go to a textbook to they go to a doctor exactly <laughs> that's a good way of putting it um the only other thing i had was just considering that this is also a life-saving treatment um mm -hmm. so you talked about like the benefit to society in general but also the fact that um this this, this type of treatment is really important like it's life-saving and the parallels mm -hmm. that i'll draw between organ donation um is obviously blood donation right so blood donation very similar ethical things to consider like autonomy benefit to society once again life-saving treatment as well so those are some of the things to consider um but there's not much else in this particular station um you know justice maybe like all people have right to access it um what else uh non-maleficence um we're not harming people once they're dead to, to remove their organs if that's something that they wish and they're happy to do um and in a sense beneficence if you if you want to bring that up like it's doing good to that person knowing that they've done something good in the world i suppose um it gives them an opportunity to be useful even after death um and i think some people find real beauty in that yeah um, that's what yeah. yeah those are some other things you could consider uh, the second question was what are some of the reasons that people might wish to opt out or not be part of the scheme and you brought up some really great points. I liked how you talked about personal experience. Um, you know, you talked about something that was personal to you. You talked about your experience with your mum's work um, and it created a more memorable response. And I think advice to all listeners, try to bring up personal things because it definitely creates a more memorable um, response to the interviewer. Um, sorry, to the, to the examiner. But other things you can bring up... Um, for example, like the extent of the organ donation. So say, for example, if someone is donating skin, you know, how would that impact the burial, for example? So it's really about people's wishes and what they want to do with their afterlife, which is, I think, was the essence of your um, response. But also talk about other reasons. So the idea, for example, the bystander effect, um, someone else will donate blood, someone else will donate their organs. That's a reason why I don't have to do it. Um, and that's a very important concept in medicine in general. Um, and then for question number three, do you think people who opt out of schemes should be ostracized? I really loved how you handled this question. I'm glad you talked about privacy that shouldn't be getting out in the first place. And I'm really glad how you talked about people should just keep their mind open about other people's opinions and, and their choices. Um, do, and so that, do you think, oh, sorry, yeah. uh, do you think with that one, I mean, like my mind was immediately drawn to a parallel of politics. And I think just in general, obviously, I'm not going to get into a political conversation in things. Is that even just a cursory mention? Is that kosher or do you think that's a little bit? No, that's that's a great analogy. Um, and I like how you didn't go much into it. So you didn't open up another can of worms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked how you just touched on it and just left it there and just left it as a good analogy. It was a really clear, um, I think the way you communicate is really clear in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was really good. I didn't have much else in terms of that question to add. Um, yeah, I just thought you did really great. For question four, I think this was a really challenging question, four and five, they were both quite challenging, but I thought you handled them well. Question four was, uh, do people who opt out of the scheme deserve to receive organs if one day they need them? The one parallel I want to make is that, you know, if people choose not to give blood, um, they are still able to receive blood in a life-saving situation, you know, where their life might be at risk. Um, A really important concept in medicine is justice, is that we'll provide... um, treatment to anyone who needs it, regardless of decisions they've made in the past, regardless of who they are, right? And so I think that's a really important thing to drill down and really show the examiner that you are thinking about this person's best interest. If someone does need life-saving organs. I, um, I guess if I, ha- if I had time though, could I not contrast that with sort of allocation of resources? For example, yeah. if I'm a 60-year-old smoker, I'm probably less likely to get a lung transplant than a 24-year-old with, you know, autoimmune or something Mm -hmm. yeah and i completely agree with with what you're saying there and i liked how you had an overall balanced view um and the idea that like if that incentive was in place well maybe that would be really good at increasing the number of um donations that are made right so i did like that how you had a balanced point of view but i think you need to be really strong in your opinion that everyone deserves good care and that is really really clearly and i think that that's something that you could have improved And then for question number five, is there a situation in which rights of an individual should be sacrificed for the greater good? The vaccine analogy is fantastic. It's sort of what, I think it's what this question naturally leads towards. Um, I think you handled it really well, talking about the importance of people being aware of their decisions and their consequences and how they affect people. And that how then becomes a trigger for us to be like putting rules and laws in place to protect everyone, right? Um, and, that, and that is what happens in society. There are many, many cases in which this happens. Um, you know, freedom of will doesn't necessitate and necessitate that we, um, that it, you must have freedom of will at all times. It, it definitely depends on like the situation. So another classic example, you talked about vaccines, but another classic example is, um, uh, well, actually, is related to vaccines, but um, no jab, no play, for example, right? You can't send yeah. your kids to childcare unless they've had certain vaccinations. So that's for the greater good of everyone. Um, and, you know, people might disagree with that, but it's an important thing to, to bring up. And I liked how you sort of handled that question. Mm-hmm. But that was really it. How do you think, in terms of feedback, is there anything you would change? Um, yeah, I like the idea. I mean, look, you can't hit on everything and I went over time. Um, I do like that idea of bringing up justice in the question four. Um, I do think with these things, like I think for me personally, something that I'm going to have to work on, well, not necessarily work on, but just be conscious of it is being more measured, right? The way you would discuss this with mate, if a mate at a pub asks you something about this, that's not, that's probably how I actually talk in real life. I'm probably through working at pubs for so long, but it's also not how I want it. Like, I think it's a good to keep that element. I probably just need to, cut off a little bit in terms of being in an interview and, and uh, being in a professional setting, like a medical interview. So I think maybe having a little bit more of a diplomatic view or, or making sure that comes across, even though, if, if that makes sense. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been sort of spamming these podcasts and, and really have been cracking down the last little while. So I think um, sort of have a comfortable with these things. I think thankfully that wasn't super like context dependent. So I think 
it allows you to kind of just think about, you know, your overall feelings for it. But no, that was really good. I really appreciate it. No, awesome. I'm glad you had a good experience. And yeah, I like your points about um, remaining diplomatic and sort of considering things in a really logical manner. That's something that interviewers really love to see that you have mm. a really good systematic way of approaching ideas, um, especially ethical issues like this, because they will come up all the time in medicine. Um, yeah. I really like that point that you brought up. But thanks for joining us on the podcast today. That's really it for today's episode. Um, for so our much, list- that was awesome. No worries. For our listeners, just keep an uh, ear out, I suppose, in terms of future episodes coming up. We'll be uploading more stations similar to this so you guys can learn, practice. You can do what Mark does, which is, you know, listen to the question, try to answer it yourself, um, and then have a listen to the responders' answers and then, and then the feedback afterwards, of course, which is obviously the most helpful part. All right. Thanks for joining the episode today, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. So there we have it. That was the ethical station run by uh, myself and Mark. I hope that you guys learned something from Mark's responses as well as from some of my feedback. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at infohalatohealth.org or email myself at kareem halatohealth.org. Um, the station was quite difficult, so if you have any questions, please reach out. And finally, just keep an eye out for our mock MMI rounds, which we run here in Melbourne with actual medical students that have sat MMIs before and obviously been successful. You'll get personalised feedback and a taste of the real thing. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.